Spin your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. Welcome to another episode of Out of the Pods. I'm Deep T. And I'm Natalie. And Deep D is officially my neighbor. She officially moved in yesterday, Yay. which is so exciting. I know. I'm so excited. I got the keys yesterday. God, it felt so good to get like a fresh start. Like something about moving, getting rid of old things. Like it's just, ah, it's such a good feeling. And also, did you see the full moon last night? Okay. I actually did because I could not go to sleep last night. Yeah. And so I, I was, I randomly looked out my window at 4 a.m. and the moon was huge. I yes. took a photo of it. Me too. I went back to the apartment last night just to see it at nighttime. I don't know. I'm crazy. But um, it was so beautiful. It was like sunlight. It was just so, 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 so luminous. Oh my God. It was gorgeous. But anyways, the the moon is in Aquarius right now. So it's all about like letting go, like releasing, like just releasing things. And so it just feels so right that I got my keys on that day. Like, I'm just so excited for a fresh start. <laughs> okay. Because I feel like I've been holding things in instead of releasing. Oh, uh, you should feel <laughs> in turmoil because of that. Like if you haven't been able to sleep well and like, just, I've been having some wild ass dreams too. I'm just like, what is going on in my mind? <laughs> I haven't been having wild dreams. I have nightmares like actually quite often, but for me, like I was up last night because like there's so many thoughts going through my head. I was in Charleston last weekend for a bachelorette party. And can I just tell you something that happened? Yeah, it was. So we um, shared a pool with another bachelor party that wasn't planned, but like our Airbnb just had a shared pool and in, in the other house. Mm -hmm. Um, was another bachelor party. So during one pool day, we met um, the men part of that bachelor party. And most of them were in like relationships, like most of them were married or engaged. Um, And um, one of the men was talking about how he was divorced, but his friend was like, oh, he like, he has a girlfriend though. But this guy would not clarify that he had a girlfriend. Like he kept saying, I'm divorced. And I think it was a tactic to act like he was single because he was flirting with some girls in our bachelorette party. And I was like, God, men are such like little fuckers. (laughs) (laughs) Like, it made me sick thinking like, oh my God, here he is pretending like he's single by just saying I'm divorced and not saying he has a girlfriend to flirt with members of my bachelorette party that yeah. I was a part of. Mm-hmm. And then he's going to go back to that girl. And yeah. I want to be like, I want to find out who that girlfriend is to give her a heads up. Ah, okay. I, I wouldn't, but I was just like, yeah. God, men are so slimy sometimes. Yeah. And to be fair, sometimes women are too, but this yes. is interesting because... I feel like I've been in situations like this before where I've like observed that happening. And I always think to myself, I'm like, do I have a responsibility to say something? Because listen, like our friends and they are all grown ass adults. So sometimes I'm like, like what, where's the line? You know what I mean? But 
if he had tried anything or like I don't know. That's kind of fucked up. I don't know. That just that boggles my mind because, like, if I were his friends, I would hold him accountable. You know what I mean? Because his friend is the one who told you in the first place. So the reason why we found out is we asked one of the guys in that bachelor bachelor party, you know, like, what is your relationship status? And he was like telling us about each each guy, like yeah. if they're married or um, if they had a girlfriend. And so that's how we found out. But when the guy with the girlfriend started flirting with members of the bachelorette party. His friends all kept their like lips shut. Like nothing was said. And it was very clear he was flirting. So, like, very clear. you know, okay. Devil's advocate. You're probably going to hate me for this. Flirting versus like making a move. Like what are the boundaries? You know what I mean? A little flirt. You know, it's like eh. I was thinking about that, but I think he was trying to assess like he wasn't making it known mm-hmm. that he had a girlfriend. So I was like, is he like baiting, you know, like the single girls, girls in our group to see if like someone would like. Yeah, yeah because like, why would you do that? Hmm, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, because you're technically like leading someone on that you're single. But like, why would you do that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Huh. Interesting. I'm like, sir, you're on a bachelor party. Like, this is about the groom. I know, but <laughs> I don't know. It's just one yeah. of those things where you're like, oh, that's so slimy. And he seemed like a really nice guy. If the girlfriend is listening to this, your man is a snake. <laughs> if your man was in Charleston at a bachelor party this past weekend. And he said, and he said that he met Natalie from Love is Blind because they all happened to find out I did the show. Like three of them recognized me without asking me they just i think they whispered it to one of the the girls part of the bachelorette party i was a part of but if your boyfriend told you he saw natalie from love is blind in charleston he was flirting with the women part of my bachelorette party and you should dump his fucking ass dm me i will give you all the details (laughs) that's you know what flirting is i don't know i feel like flirting is there's a there's a there's a blurred line you know because i I often get mistaken for flirting when i'm just being nice i'm not saying this was him yeah i'm not saying this was him but in general but that's not the issue it's the fact that he was hiding he had a girlfriend yeah true true, like you know what i'm saying i think there's one thing of like being like flirty nice Mm -hmm. but if you're being asked if you have a girlfriend and you're saying i'm divorced yeah and you're not clarifying like that's kind of suspicious yeah he's omitting the truth yeah yeah like he's trying to like make us think he's single yeah well good job on catching on to that because you're like denied (laughs) i know i was like you're such a little little snake but (laughs) speaking about potential cheaters can we get into some love is blind slash netflix reality tv news because there has been some cheating allegations some drama between georgia hazarati from too hot to handle season three and perfect match season one and her ex harry jowsey from too hot to handle season one so all this drama started when harry jowsey went on the Call Her Daddy podcast and accused Georgia of cheating during their one-year relationship. He never said her name, but he implied. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he just said like her. his ex. Yeah. Yeah. He said on the podcast that he was, quote-unquote, such an angel in the relationship, and he gave Georgia um, luxury bags and a Rolex, and he also said it was likely she would say he was lying about what happened in their relationship. 
So in response, she said via a three-part series on TikTok, she stated she never cheated. And Harry was actually the one who cheated during their relationship Mm -hmm. and that he did buy her a Louis Vuitton bag, but the other two luxury items he gifted her were fake. Yeah. So who do you believe? Uh, Honestly, uh, this is such a hard one because it always comes to he said, she said type of situation. But what really made me believe Georgia was that um, she kept posting on her social media about how other women have reached out to her and said, oh, he's been like this in the past or that, you know, like coming out and saying, oh, like, girl, he's been cheating on you with my friend. So there's like a couple other allegations that came out after the fact, which makes me believe Georgia more. But listen, I feel like there's always two sides to a story and I don't think anyone is innocent. But I do, I do, I'm leaning towards more Georgia. Like, how? what do you think? I am too. I know that she was kind of exposed as a liar in that whole Dom situation. So if you mm-hmm. guys aren't aware, um, there was also some controversy with Dom from Perfect Match Season 1, who she paired up with on the show. Mm-hmm. And won. And Dom said that, yeah, um, her and Dom won as like the perfect match of that season. Um, But he alleged that she cheated on him with Harry Jowsey. Yeah. And then he had all these receipts that showed, you know, she was lying and um, like she cheated during that relationship. So it's tough because I don't think she has a track record of being honest. However, you're right. Like I do kind of like lean towards believing her because if you've seen clips of Harry Jowsey on podcasts and like the absurd things that he says, like he, he has, he definitely has very much toxic traits and mm-hmm. like has done toxic things. Like I remember there was a clip on TikTok of him saying that he one time like blocked a girl um, during their relationship because he wanted to make her needy and like confused. And that's mm-hmm. like messed up. Like yeah. he very much shows that he can be manipulative. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know. Yeah, Again, like I don't one. I don't really know either of them. I've met Georgia and I've loved her. Um when I met her, she was so nice. Yeah, um, and I've great. also met him too and he's also very nice in person, but yeah. you know, I think that we're both um, not in relationships with them, so of course they're yeah. like very sweet, you know. Yeah. But you know it's but interesting I do believe because her. it's really interesting because Harry went on Dom's podcast too he did yeah he did so that was an interesting duo to see too and now they're like tight you know like they're they're like good and i haven't listened to the whole podcast yet but i saw some clips from it and i was like oh they're like getting along pretty well so that was an interesting um dynamic to to see yeah and then i also saw somewhere that um chloe veach from two outs handle season one and um, Perfect Match season one, she was paired up with Shane on the show. She unfollowed Georgia. I don't know when, but I saw it on my like on my Instagram Discover page of hmm. some reality uh, tea site spilling that, saying like Georgia and Chloe don't follow each other. Oh, so, interesting, interesting. Yeah, which is very interesting because Georgia and Chloe were very close on Perfect Match. Mm-hmm. Like they were like very close friends. So. I don't know if that's like Chloe taking Harry's side or or what. Yeah, that's very interesting. But didn't Chloe and Harry also date? Or did they never date? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Maybe I think I'm that there's allegations that they um 
they might have been intimate. Yeah. But. Wow. Everyone's so intertwined. It's a, There's a lot going on in this reality. <laughs> I know. I know. Oh, man. It's, oh, man. It's, it's super messy. And sometimes I'm glad like we don't we're not really part of that world like in Los Angeles um, where mm-hmm. kind of, that's where most of the Netflix reality TV stars reside. Like I'm glad we're in Chicago because, you know, you and I know some stuff like mm-hmm. more stuff and it's like very messy. Yeah. You know, it's not like not everyone is like friends or not everyone is as good as they, they show on social media. Like there's a lot of drama within the Netflix reality TV show universe. Yeah. And I think it really stems from, like you being a certain way in real life and then the social media person that you are, you know? So it's like that yeah. when that dynamic is off and people start to realize it, I think, you know, you get called out or, you know, it, there's drama, you know? So I know. Speaking about drama, there's some happening in the Love is Blind world. According to USA Today, Nick Thompson of Love is Blind Season 2 has revealed that he could face homelessness soon, and he says Netflix is partially to blame. He told Daily Mail that, quote-unquote, I can't get a job because people don't take me seriously. He also went on to claim that his life has been ruined by the show and that they exploited him. So Nick lost his job. I know. Nick lost his job last November and he was a vice president in a software in software for five years. And he is apparently now jobless and has two months left in the bank to pay his mortgage. Like, wow, that's a lot to unpack. Okay, wow. Um, I so Nick was on our season, for those of you Mm. unaware. Um, I mean, it's tough because Deep D and I are in a very different position than him. Um, we've talked about this in a previous episode, but we have definitely monetized off of, um, you know, our time on love is blind and, um, and it sucks to read that, you know, he is in a really hard position. Mm -hmm. Um, like, I don't know. I mean, it's tough to say because we know Nick personally. Um, can I can I be honest though? I don't think that he can blame the show. I agree because you and I have both had corporate jobs, and mm-hmm. yes, the show did impact our jobs. But I don't think it's impacted the ability to get hired. Like mm-hmm. it didn't impact our reputation that much. I think for you, you're in a little bit of a different boat because you know you did come off very much professional on the show Mm -hmm. i think for me though i mean look i didn't get the best edit in after the altar nor did i have the most smoothest storyline like if anything mine was sloppy af um but um i don't think that the show made me unhirable by any means Yeah. Yeah. And I'm very empathetic to his situation, but I think that there's more factors than Netflix being the reason why he's not able to find a a position. You know what I mean? I I don't know. That's a, that's a really tough one because, uh, because we are in such a different boat, but it's hard to, it's hard to place blame on one thing, you know? And I just, I think it's a little bit unfair that he's blaming the reality show. Yeah. Well, he doesn't place full blame. I think he says Netflix is partially to blame. But I do think with my limited knowledge of the tech industry, I do think that obviously there have been a lot of layoffs 
you've seen it with Meta, you've seen it with Amazon, you've seen it with Salesforce. Like it's a really tough industry to be in right now. Um, So that might also be a factor. Again, I'm not in his shoes. He's also, you know, has that VP title. Um, Mm -hmm. I know he worked at a startup prior. And so it might be hard to, you know, get that same title at a startup or, you know, at a bigger company since it doesn't like translate very well. Yeah. It's, it's, it's tough because, I don't want to discredit like what he is going through. And can I just put this out there too? Because I've actually seen this in our DMs. We are not, we are not sponsored by Netflix or Kinetic Content, which is the production company of Love is Wine. Mm-hmm. If anything, we have our own qualms yeah. with um, Kinetic Content. So I just want to clarify that. While we're on the topic of jobs, we are talking today about what it was like working our corporate jobs while filming Love is Blind and also when our season premiered back in February 22, when our lives changed forever. (laughs) Um, Before we go into that, though, Deep D, what was your corporate job again? I know you worked in IT for a really long time, but I forget your like full job history. Yeah, I've, I've had a few titles. But yes, I was in IT. But weirdly, in college, I wanted to do psychology. I did psychology, but I wanted to become a therapist. And yeah, and like I had a job as a like a social work aide. And I was just like, Oh, my God, I loved my kids so much. But what deterred me was having to go to grad school. Like I was just done with school. I was like, I just really want to get into the workforce. So I actually took like eight to nine months and like trained myself in business analysis. And that's how I got my first job at Allstate. And I've been there ever since up until Love is Blind, which is crazy. But I like really worked my way up in technology, like obviously started as a business analyst and worked my way up to a data analyst. And so, yeah, I do. Technology just makes me so happy just because you're able to create and do so much. And it is the fastest growing industry ever. So it was like, uh, I was actually, I kind of miss it sometimes. (laughs) But what was what was your job history like? Yeah, so mine was kind of all over the place. I majored in international studies in college. Um, Mm -hmm. I just chose that because I wasn't sure what I wanted to do, actually. Mm -hmm. Um, I was actually pre-med. And then I was like, uh, definitely not going into medicine. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, I don't think that's that's a career for me. I kind of like found that out my junior year. And like with the credits and courses I had taken, like the like the only thing I could really major in was like international studies. And so mm-hmm. I just kind of focused on that. And I had a concentration in East Asian cinema. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's interesting. <laughs> mine, was, uh, because I took- with, mine was psychology with business management. I was like, let me just like bloop, insert that in there. So just to get a little bit of leverage. <laughs> That's interesting. Honestly, it's, I took so many courses like watching East Asian movies. So yeah. I was like, clearly you could tell I worked really, really hard in college. Um, but I, I had an HR internship um, during college and that kind of propelled my HR career. And um, so I worked at a place called Orbitz and then I moved on to uh, GE, General Electric. And I was there for about I want to say three and a half years. And then I switched um, careers and became a change management consultant at EY. So I Mm -hmm. left as a manager there ultimately. And yeah, I loved it. It was a lot of, of travel, um, a lot of like client facing work, but Mm -hmm. you know, it was so much fun. I think I worked around 60 to 80 hours a week. Oh, wow. So it was kind of um, intense at times, but you know, uh, I think I loved the client facing aspect of it. Yeah. Honestly. Wait, how, how long did you work at EY? 
I was there for about four years, a little over four years. Four years, yeah. It's interesting that you say client-facing because that's why I loved being a business analyst um, because you are basically the liaison between uh, technology and your business clients. And so you're you're just taking technology terms and putting it into layman's terms for your business clients to understand. And I was like, yes, this is like the perfect thing for me because communication is just my favorite thing ever. So I was like, yep. Yeah. Yeah, but it was definitely interesting. I managed a team when I was at EY. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I never thought that I could be like a people manager, like actually yes. manage like direct reports. And mm-hmm. so I loved that I was able to get that experience and actually lead. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, but it's I really actually, enjoyed it. It's really hard to manage people. Like managing yeah. projects versus managing people is such a different ball game because there's so oh many personalities. Gosh. People are going through personal things. Like, so I commend you on that. That is hard. Yeah. And honestly, I am like a little bit of a perfectionist when it comes to my work. And so delegating and kind of trusting my direct reports with work was like really tough for me in the beginning. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, you kind of learn that you have to and that you're the people that you're overseeing also need to grow yeah. um, too. And you're kind of responsible for their career growth. So, but yeah, yeah. it was, it was, um, I learned a lot. I feel like I was able to translate a lot of that like leadership into like what we do for this podcast. Cause we really are like kind of leading our own business here at the end mm-hmm. of the day. Yeah. Um, so that's been really, really cool. Yeah. Um, really curious though. Did you tell Allstate that you were going to film love is blind? Like we're, did you tell them no. about your casting process and like the application and everything? No, absolutely not. I actually kept it from them because honestly, I really separated my personal with my professional life. And I just felt like, you know what? I don't even know what the outcome of the show is going to be, like how far I'm going to make it, like what's going to happen. So I was like, there's no reason to do to tell them anything. So I just accumulated PTO days and took the t- the 15 days off and that's all they needed to know. So I was like, yep, I'm just going to take some time off. And I was like, I'm going on a vacation. Everyone's like, where are you going? I'm like, mm, I'm trying to figure it out. I don't know yet. <laughs> so, that is so crazy. Yeah. That's so crazy. You did not tell them anything. But that's the thing about Love is Blind is like, you can actually not tell your company because you, like you said, you only need 15 business days off. So like yeah. really just kind of like two and a half weeks exactly. while other reality TV shows, you typically have to take like five, six weeks off. Mm-hmm. Um, so I see why it's like super easy. I, I ended up telling a few people at my company when I was chosen for the final cast, but even like before then, when I was going through the casting process, I think I was like, Hey, like I'm doing this unscripted show about love, Wait, dating and marriage. You told them what? during the casting process already. Yeah. Wow. You were very forward with your information. Well, I had to because I worked at a big four accounting firm. So there's something called independence, which means like you need to make sure that you don't have like business relationships with Mm. other companies that might impact your client relationships. So um, I need to make sure that like, you know, um, anyone that the production company was working with, the production company itself, Netflix, like there wasn't any. um, Is it like conflict of interest? Mm -hmm. Conflict of interest. So. I did have to tell like legal at my company that I was doing love is blind and like show them the contract, which obviously had like love is blind in it. And you know, the production company name. So a few people did know, but only like, 
I don't think my direct manager knew. It was like my senior leadership, legal, mm-hmm. and HR, and that was it until the show or not even the show until the trailer for a season came out. That's when yeah. everyone was like, what the hell? <laughs> They're like, is that Natalie? <laughs> yeah, literally. That's when it was like, okay, like the news is out. But yeah. before we talk about that, did you work during filming? Because again, we take like the two and a half weeks off when we were in the pots in Mexico, but then we have the three weeks in Chicago, Chicago. leading up to our wedding. Did you work during that time? I did. I did. And it was really tough to get through that. And I know. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh my God. It was so stressful because obviously there's so much going on. And like, what was nice is like my ex from the show also had to go into the office, obviously, because he was a vet. So like he was gone a lot of the time. So I was like, okay, I can actually like get work done. But it was it was really hard. But at the same time, it, I'm so thankful that I had a work from home job. I know that not many people right. from our cast had that same, like they were able to do that. I think a lot were, but I know like my ex-fiance specifically was like very, very tired because he had to actually physically go in. But I was like, thank God I can work from home. So yeah, I, I worked during filming. And d- did you? I did. And um, mm-hmm. you know how we had the shared apartments? I yeah. just went to like my actual apartment to like work mm-hmm. during the day there. Oh. Um, yeah. So again, I was also work from home. I typically travel Monday to Thursdays every mm-hmm. week of the month. Yeah. But, you know, I like worked it out with my company where I was like, I can't travel for the three weeks. Oh, that's nice. Okay. See, that's yeah. one good thing about being forthcoming with your company is that they'll like work with you to make sure that, that you could like, you can balance your personal and professional life. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, well, my manager didn't know. So, but she just approved. She's like, I was like, Hey, yeah. I'm, I'm like, something requires me to stay in my home city. So hmm. I can't travel. And she's just like, okay. With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply. Wait, also, did did some of our cast members, did they quit before filming? Because I think some of them, I had no idea. I didn't really talk much about it. There were two women who were part of like the broader you know, 30 person cast Mm -hmm. who quit to do love is blind. Like they couldn't get like the two and a half weeks off. And I think they were also kind of like banking on being part of the main cast Mm -hmm. and then, you know, like going back and, you know, no one from, I don't think anyone from like the five of us, like you, me, Ayana, Danielle, Mallory, like quit our jobs, but there's definitely other women who did. Which yeah. I thought was so crazy. Like, is that crazy? It's absolutely crazy because I am like, it's embedded in my blood never to take risks, which is crazy that I even did the show, but to quit a job with so much uncertainty, like I just couldn't. Yeah. It's so risky. Like, I was nope. like, I would never quit. If my company was like, you're losing your job if you take those two and a half weeks off or you, if you do this unscripted reality TV show, yeah. I'd be like, okay, they're like, I'm not doing the show. I would exactly. never choose the show over my job. Yeah. 
Just because it's, yeah, I think it's part of my culture, probably why too, like we do not take risks like that. Like our careers are very, very important, you know? And yeah, like so, job security. Yeah, oh, 100%. Yeah. Like yeah. what happens to my 401k? Like I gotta, yeah. I know. Well, I was talking to one of the women who admitted that she quit her job before going into the pods. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, why? And she goes, well, if it like really works out, it's like worth the risk. And she's like, I work for a small startup, so they wouldn't allow me to take the time. But I was like, mm-hmm. dang. I was like, wow, you're really just putting everything on the line. And it's really sad because she didn't get any screen time. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, t- that's a tough one. But, you know, hopefully she's like, has enough faith that like, maybe the company wasn't as like dear to her heart or like, you know what I mean? Like, oh, she's like, oh, I can find another one easily or something like that. I don't know. But for me, I'm like, I know it's going to be hard for me too. <laughs> I'm not doing the job search process again. I like, was like, yeah, uh, I was like, that's not going to happen. But honestly, it kind of worked out for us. Like yeah. if I knew what I did now, I probably would have quit my job at the time. Really? Like if I knew how it would. Yeah. If I knew how it would turn out, like, I'm going to be really honest. Everything that I went through for Love is Blind, I needed for my personal growth. Mm-hmm. And Absolutely. I've kind of come to that realization like recently after our interview with Carousel last week and the things she was saying about Joey, how she, you know, really learned so much from that relationship and she grew so much. I think I've come to the realization I needed that love is blind experience to become a better person mm-hmm. and and grow more, um, ma- just mature more in terms of like what I want in life, but mm-hmm. also in romantic relationships. Dude, you are literally speaking my mind because I think back on the show in the exact same way because I was like such a people pleaser, like coasting it in life. And with relationships, I always put the man above my own needs all the time. This show literally taught me to pick myself. You know what I mean? Like it literally choose myself. Yes. I literally (laughs) was trying to avoid the word choose. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. But no, literally I'm like, I just know my worth now and it's not because of anyone else, but it's because of myself. And I'm like, Oh, totally. I'm in the same boat as you. Like we needed those experiences and I would have never met you. We wouldn't even oh my be on gosh. the screen together. <laughs> Wait, that is so yeah. great. I, I do think about it, that a lot in yeah. terms of like when people say like, do you regret love is blind? In the beginning, I used to be like, yeah, like kind of. <laughs> it's just it took a really toll. It took a huge toll on like, you know, just like my mental health and, um, you know, on my energy. But yeah. you're right. Like I would have never met you and the girls. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think that's one that I'm like really, really thankful for. Yeah, me too. Like we would have never had the friendships. Like none of my friends that I have today, actually, I would I would not have any of them unless it was for the show. Like even friends that weren't on the show, because that's like how I met them. Like in different situations uh, that yeah, led yeah. on the show. You know what I mean? So Like you met them through like other cast members before the show premiered and stuff. Some, yes. Exactly. Exactly. So I'm like, that's, it's wild to imagine how life would be so different, you know, but how did, how did filming impact your job? Oh my gosh. It was so hard to work when filming because like my life was falling apart, (laughs) you know, (laughs) like the fact that I had to work after my wedding day. Yes. Is was wild to me. I know. Like my eyes were so puffy and my my colleagues were like, 
you don't have to go on video today. Like, you yeah. just <laughs> shut off. And I was like, no, it's okay. <laughs> oh, wait, that's so yeah. sad. But it, I, I know that I was not performing during those three weeks yeah. when we were working during filming. Like, yeah. I know I fucking sucked at my job. No, me too. I was definitely distant. I was doing the bare minimum. I was just like in my own head. And I was like, I have time. I'm like doing the task, but like my heart was not in it whatsoever. I was just like, what is life? Like, what does this even mean? What is work? Like, why am I working right now? Like, you know, it was so tough. And then the fact that we had to plan a wedding while we were working was the hardest thing ever. Like, like it wasn't like intense filming because you're not being filmed 24 seven when you're back in Chicago for those three weeks. It was really the whole planning the wedding part that like really drained me. I was like, bro, like what am I doing? (laughs) Well, mine was even more because Shane and I were um, planning on moving in together after a wedding day. So he was moving into my apartment. So it's like the logistics on that, like getting him a key and like moving all his stuff in from um, his like lease was ending during filming. So he moved his stuff in. And then on top of that, we were thinking of having a secondary wedding um, back in his hometown. So we mm -hmm. were planning that. It was just like, I was like, my life is just freaking falling apart. And then obviously everything exploded in the end. And it was like, okay, well, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and You're I was like, still expecting to send, send emails as if nothing was wrong. Like literally, yeah. I was like, okay, I said I don't at the altar the day before. And here am I being like, dear Karen, do you have that document <laughs> that I'm expecting? Sincerely, right. Natalie. I was like, yes. what I remember thinking like, what is my life? Dude, right uh, literally. And like running meetings was so hard. And like normally I'm very like talkative and bubbly. I literally was just like doing the bare minimum. I was just like handing it off to people like, okay, what's your status? <laughs> you know? like Okay. Can I be real? I yeah. barely worked during those three weeks though. I did mm-hmm. that thing where it shows that I'm online, but I have like a YouTube video going so that yeah. my status on Microsoft Teams you know, our like stays active. active. Cause I was like, I just, I was like, I just need rest. And I would just sit on my couch just with nothing on and just watch my computer. Natalie, that is so funny because I literally would do the same thing. I would just squiggle. And one time shake saw that I was just squiggling. I was like, I literally cannot like handle this. And he bought me a mouse jiggler literally and i was like i can't use this like my computer is so protected because i have so much p pii data on my laptop and so like any unrecognizable device like can't go in your laptop and i was like i can't use this but i use it on my like my other laptop and literally you just plug it in it's a usb thing and it just like moves your mouse like this so you stay (laughs) active Wow, that's so smart! Wow, technology really. Uh, one of my friends really has has grown since uh, you since know what? my high school days. One of my friends suggested that I take like a uh, like a heavy object, like a small heavy object, and open up Word and just put it on the space. Wait, bar. I told you that. I <laughs> no, do that. No, no. Oh. You do. I heard it from someone. Yeah, else. I put a little like a little nail polish. I'll open yeah. Word and just have click it on one key and it goes. So the problem is when someone pings you, it'll like pop up. So then it like it looks like you're pinging them. You know what I mean? So I was like, oh, this is I can't do this. <laughs> oh, no, you so got to open up your phone and send a separate ping. Like if you have the oh. pinging system on your phone. Anyways, yeah. what, what, what are we doing? We We're like encouraging that, like laziness. On this, I know. Don't do that. Don't podcast. do that, friends. We were just going through a rough time. <laughs> so, um, so then when did you end up telling Allstate? 
that you were on Love is Blind? So I didn't. (laughs) This is a great question because I didn't tell them. I when the show was airing, I I think my moment was when I waited till the show aired. Oh, after the show completely aired. So after the show, even like the finale, I did the reunion. Everything was done. Like I was getting messages from people at work like that. I don't even work with because we're like a what like a really big company. Obviously, Allstate's like a huge enterprise. And so um, like random people like from accounting, from marketing, they would like ping me and they're like, are you deep tea? Like, I'm so happy you chose yourself like all the shit. And I was like, oh, no. But I was still didn't say anything because I was like, my manager doesn't know. Yeah, my my manager definitely did not does not watch like reality tv like that so i was just like there's no reason to tell him like why would i put myself in that situation i was also going through so much personally so i was like i'm not trying to add work into it but yeah. what did happen was you know i think a month after the show aired <laughs> that's when he was like i heard someone say that you were on a tv <laughs> show and i was like oh, oh god gosh. so that's how work found out because i didn't really think that i i needed to tell them there's no reason you know so <laughs> what about you what about you when did when did your work find out about love is blind they found out when the trailer dropped and then a lot of um like new sites revealed the entire cast like for season two when they show like all of us on mm-hmm. the cast before the show comes out i think someone spotted me and they're like is that natalie <laughs> <laughs> because my my the company that i worked at um it there was two hundred forty thousand employees yeah across the world so like someone was know. about to spot me yeah absolutely um, and i think like there was an article somewhere where they um they like posted our linkedin profiles and they said like oh mm-hmm. she works at ernst and young yeah and so that's kind of how it all started. Word spreads fast. Like when, you know, yeah. a show as big as Love is Blind, you know, someone from your work, like, you know, is on the show. You know, I think that people, though, think that it's really hard to keep our Love is Blind filming experience a secret before the show comes out, like from, you know, friends and family and people at work. But it's actually not that difficult. No, like, really not. I think for you, it was a bit easier because you and Shake didn't continue your relationship. And so mm-hmm. it's not like you're introducing a new boyfriend. But even for me, like when I got re-engaged to Shane after our wedding day, and I would sometimes wear my engagement ring to like mm-hmm. work or to the client site or even on Zoom calls, like I was easily able to like kind of like talk through that and just be like, oh, my boyfriend and I decided to just get engaged really quickly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I never... And they're I, just like, they're probably like, what a weirdo. And that's kind of it. <laughs> exactly. And and I think you said this before, but like, I, I definitely didn't talk to my coworkers about my personal life that much. Like I had one best friend at work that I would tell everything to. But this part, I was just like, eh, I'm just going to keep this to myself. Yeah. Like, this is too much going on. Like, let me process my own feelings before I like express them to other people, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But did you but, think- yeah go ahead i was gonna say but what i will say is like yes friends and family definitely do know oh, like yeah. there's no way to keep a secret from that and you just have to trust your friends and family not to say anything you know publicly or do an anonymous post somewhere so yeah and also our friends and family were at our wedding so yeah yeah <laughs> it was so. like it's hard to hard to keep that a secret from them so was it tough for you to go like back to quote-unquote normal life after filming wrapped Oh my gosh, absolutely. Because there is so much intensity with obviously 
this like marriage that didn't happen, this whole like filming process, like all of the stuff. It's so, so intense. And like emotionally, I was a wreck. Like I say that all the time. I'm like on an emotional roller coaster ride. Um, and after that, you like get off the ride and it's just like complete like nothingness. You know what I mean? Like I just felt yeah. so numb as a person that it was so hard to pretend like none of that happened in the last six weeks. And you're like, oh, I'm back to my desk. Like I'm back in my space. And like, it's as if nothing happened, you know? So it was really hard. How about for you? Yeah, we talked about it in our interview with Carousel where she calls it the post-filming blues, yes, but it's definitely a real thing. It's like you're on this high and then one day everything just goes away. Like the yeah. cameras go, you know, um, this kind of like fairy tale environment you're in all goes away and it's a very weird feeling yeah. um i don't know how to explain it's like, like what the, it feels like it's like the ex extreme ends of both things you know it's like you're in this calm like after the storm kind of thing and you're like whoa like let me process all the damage that's that's just happened you know it's yeah insane. i think that's it like you're just like let me just process like what i just went through and the fact that like what i went through is going to be shown on TV yes. one day. And who knows Absolutely. when. At that time, we had no idea when our when our season was going to air when we finished filming. Yeah. And so I think it was just like a lot of stress, but it's like this weird feeling of like calmness, but like anxiety and being like, mm -hmm. what the fuck was that? Yes. So it definitely um, was tough and it impacted my work. I was like, my head was like in different places. Oh, mine too. And you know what's crazy? I am so, so thankful for the time that we had between filming and when the show aired, because I just like had so much to emotionally digest in that period of time and to like come back to myself. I'm just like, oh, thank God. I'm so grateful for that time. Really? Yeah. But when did you tell your company that you were on Love is Blind? When we received an email from the production company of the premiere date is when I told my like direct manager and mm -hmm. more members of the senior leadership team. So my manager's manager and above yeah. um, just to let them know the actual show name. So previously only a few people knew that it was called love is blind, but like other senior leaders thought it was just like an, I just said it was an unscripted reality TV show. Yeah. And then I officially told them it was love is blind. I think a month before the show premiered when we found out the actual premiere date. Oh, what were their reactions? They were literally, like, disappointed. No way! <laughs> yeah, like, I remember I told one of the senior leaders on a Zoom call, and he's like, you know, that show sounds so familiar, but let me, let me look it up. So on the Zoom call, I'm watching him look it up, like, Google Love is Blind, and you could tell he's watching the trailer, and he's like, you could tell his face is like, what? He's like, what? <laughs> You got and married he goes, to someone without ever seeing them? <laughs> yeah, he's like, oh, I, I would have never thought you would, you know, do this type of show. Mm -hmm. I don't know. You could just tell he was like, what the heck? Yeah. I feel like, look, I'm, I'm going to be very honest. I'm very different at work. I know I have a very dry sense of humor. You probably could like feel it on this podcast. I'm a little bit inappropriate <laughs> in terms of the things that I say. But at work, it's... I have a very different persona. Like I keep it extremely professional. I never show my dry humor because I know that could like get me in trouble sometimes and mm -hmm. rub people the wrong way if they're, if they don't have the same sense of humor as I do. So people are just really shocked because I definitely keep it very like 
Yeah. Like very, um, very like straight edged at work. I'm the same way professionally. I'm just a very different person than I am in my personal life. Like you would never think I'm like, I go to EDM concerts and do all this stuff (laughs) and like a reality show. Like that side of me is very like hidden to my coworkers. There's like one person who is my best friend uh, during work that like knows everything. But besides her, like no one. So they were shocked. Like they were shocked to find out. And they're like, what? But you know, it's great because I did portray myself really well on the show uh, because I, I was authentically being myself and and so I think that was like a positive thing they were like we are so proud of you so yeah that was like a positive feedback that I got and I was like thank you like I was really just trying to you know be me and find love <laughs> but I mean you had a very prolific storyline um mm-hmm. on on our season I think for me it was a little bit different I think that I was a little bit problematic at times and like very you know like that relationship with Shane was very much complex and complicated even post show Mm -hmm. as well that very much played on social media um what I really hated is how many of my coworkers secretly knew yeah and I found that out like later on like I thought a lot of people didn't know like in terms of my immediate coworkers but mm-hmm. when I put in my two weeks notice they were like yeah everyone knew that you did love is blind obviously mm-hmm. um, but I hated the most that random people at my company would ping me like yeah. one one um, one woman who worked at my company pinged me spill the tea sis and she was like I looked her up because I was very curious. I was like, what the fuck? Like, yeah. you really what have you like doing? the balls to like ping me that? And she was like an entry level hire. But I was like, that is so disrespectful. Yeah. Like, especially you being a manager. Like, no, don't do that. Yeah. I don't know. But I was like, you know, it wasn't even the manager thing. I was like, how dare you just like ping me that during yeah. and the you work day? Like, people would try to, while the show is premiering, they're like, what happens at the end? And I was That's like, don't ping perfect. me that during work. Exactly. That's what I was going to say. The worst is when people would ping me and ask me, like, was it real? Like, what happened? Like, they're just like trying to get the gossip yeah. on things. And I was like, I don't know you. Yeah, exactly. And I would just ignore them. I wouldn't even like respond. I just like, this is Same. insane. Like, yeah. But I would still look them up and be like, who has the audacity to ping me this while I'm doing work? Mm-hmm. Speaking about work, did you work while the show was premiering? Because I did. And it was. I sure did. Ooh. That was that's when t- my performance dipped one more time. Yep. Mine to the floor. <laughs> to, the, to the flow. <laughs> drop it, drop it to the flow. No, yeah. yeah. It 100%. I just was not myself at all. I was a shell of a person, dude, because something was one thing, but watching yourself back is a whole nother animal. And I was like, <gasps> it's like when you listen to yourself on a voicemail. <laughs> That times 10 cringeworthy is what it's like watching yourself back. I was like, oh my God, I, I know I have to watch this so I can be at the reunion, but I don't want to. I no, mean, just... did you call your fiance a piece of shit on national TV? <laughs> uh, I don't think so, but I did. And I was like, oh, oh my God. I was like, that was a joke that didn't come out as a joke. Yeah, you're like, it's my dry sense of humor, I promise. <laughs> it's not, I'm not actually saying that. No, it's so funny. But yeah, did. Yeah. That was a hard thing to do, dude. Working through that. Talk about, I really wanted to use that mouse squiggler, dude. <laughs> I was like, please, I can't. You know this, but privately, when the show was premiering, there was a lot of emotions because I personally was discovering a lot of lies mm-hmm. that or like seeing things that I just was not privy to while filming. Yeah. And I was like, so like, I was just, my mind was just everywhere. It was just really, really tough. 
It was I, tough. I know I was dropping the ball and I think my my team was trying to be understanding, but they probably hated my guts. Yeah. <laughs> it, honestly, the fact that I didn't tell them my team, my manager actually pulled me into a one-on-one call and was like, Hey, like, is there something going on personally? Because I just, you know, you, you've just changed. Like you're not like showing up as bubbly because you're usually very talkative in meetings. And like, I, he was just like, what's going on. And like so, before he knew he did the show mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and because I didn't quit until like two and a half months after the show aired or two, two months, I think it was. So I was like, uh, because even during after the altar, like that was filming. That was tough too. I was just like going through that. Were you working Kyle. during that time? When did we film that April? We filmed it in March. We filmed it, um, I yeah, think, a week after we filmed the reunion. Yeah, I didn't quit until, um, like, I put in my notice end of May. And then I put in my two weeks. Because I, you know why my manager was trying to put me on a call, or on a big project. <laughs> and I was like, oh. I gotta quit. Because then I started doing, uh, I did a couple brand deals. And I was like, wow, I can make so much more money doing this than I am in my current position and I'm not working 40 hours, you know, because I was half-assing both things and I was like, I just gotta take the risk. So, but what about you? When did you, when did you start thinking about quitting your job and when did you do it? I started thinking about quitting when, um, I think brand deals was a big one. I was just Mm -hmm. making more as an influencer versus, being in my corporate job and obviously working less hours. Yeah. I was getting just really burnt out. I was really just trying to recover from the show premiering because it was really tough. Yeah. Like, you know, I still had this like very weird relationship with my ex, with Shane. And um, and I was like, I, you know, my life is like imploding right now. And the last mm-hmm. thing, you know, and it's impacting my work. I'm letting my team down. And I was like, I, I just have to quit. So yeah. um, I didn't start thinking about it until like late last year. Yeah. It's just really yeah. overwhelming. Your emotions are so, so high. And like, it, like you said, it's just, it takes over. And like, it, I just felt like everything that I was doing at work was so meaningless for some reason. And I know it's not because it's something that I like took pride and joy in before. But after everything that happened and like the world coming at you it was just so much like you said I was also very just burnt out but yeah and I was being criticized a lot you know especially after after the altar and so Mm -hmm. I think like my kind of my mental health was at an all-time low and so Mm -hmm. I think I was like I just can't work these like 60 80 hour weeks right now yeah like I just I'm not but I will say a big push for me to quit and what made me comfortable to quit is like you know, obviously we were making like pretty good money as influencers mm-hmm. and yeah. that's the honest truth. And, and so I'm grateful I had kind of that like cushion to be able to like leave my job. Um, I do think though, I'll probably go back within the year. If really? I'm being honest, I think, yeah, I think once I you can't, you have a podcast. Well, we could do this podcast with no. the job. Oh, no, you can't. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. But I think I, you know, I do miss, I know you don't thrive in a nine to five, but I definitely do. Yeah. I feel like I, I like having this like schedule. I like being able to make consistent money mm-hmm. and I, I want to still work on like honing my skill set. And because um, I know that this lifestyle that we have, but like I have is not forever for me because, you know, it it is what it is. It's, you know, there's a lot of ebbs and flows in, in the influencer industry. And yeah. um, 
Yeah, there's not yeah. a lot of job security and that's what's yeah. really hard. It feels like I'm freelancing a lot of the time. But um, I think I'm going to like try to find a hybrid type of thing with like including technology and trying to create new businesses or work somewhere where I can have that flex. You know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah, I don't really miss my corporate job. But what I do miss is like fitting, like playing into the part. If Does that make sense? Like I really yeah. did like like waking up, getting ready, feeling not powerful, but like feeling really professional and like showing up and making an impact on the company. That was really cool. But I yes. feel like I want to yeah. show up like that for myself now. And I don't know. I think life is going to definitely look different because I was not, I feel like I was not made to do yeah. the normal nine to five. I don't know. I kind of like it. So do you ever think that, you know, you would potentially go back? No, I don't think I would go back to the same thing because I've, I, I was thinking about quitting Allstate before I even did Love is Blind. But because of COVID, I held off because I was like, I am not trying to find a new job when life is so uncertain right now. But yeah. in technology, especially, you should keep moving around so that you can become more well versed with other softwares and just, you know, just getting like putting yourself out in the industry. So I, I know that if I ever, do go back like I do like you said I do want to hone in on my technology skills because I think that it can really propel you forward in life and that's where our world is headed so um yeah I don't I don't think I would go back to my specific job but would I do something in technology absolutely absolutely yeah mm -hmm. I don't know if I'll go back to management consulting but I definitely want to go back into corporate mm -hmm. somehow no, I do not like corporate please goodbye yeah. <laughs> I think it's less about for me less about liking it but it's like something I think I'm good at you know mm -hmm. and it's like something that I like know yeah um and again we've talked about this if there's anything about my personality is I don't like the unknown I don't like mm -hmm. like I like knowing what I'm getting into yeah and and so I think because I've you know worked in HR and like management consulting for so long I'll probably go back into yeah. one of those fields I think for me also like um because I know that I learned this skill set without college I have yeah. I just know that if I am determined to do something I know I can learn it and I know I can get yeah. there so weirdly like as though I, I should be scared but I'm really not I'm like you know what I have faith that like life will work out exactly how it's meant to <laughs> So love that. Yeah. That was super interesting for me to hear what it was like you working mm -hmm. during filming, but also when the show is premiering, I feel like we had similar experiences and mm -hmm. I, I don't think I've ever really like talked to you about it. So, um, same, you know, I, I think that, yeah, it, I don't know. It feels good that like you kind of went through the same stress as me. I so know. I know I'm not like abnormal, but yeah, we're in the same um, boat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But this was a fun topic to talk about. If you guys mm -hmm. have any questions, please DM us at yeah. Out of the Pods and make sure you leave a review and subscribe. See you next Monday. Bye. With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. 
LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply. With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply.